Well, European equities did okay overnight. The US less so. The zoo survey in Europe came out better than expected. The US had some disappointments. So is Europe in a better place right now? I don't obviously don't mean geographically because the answer to that is obvious. And if you are in a good place in terms of recovery, doesn't that mean central banks are just going to push harder? So UK's jobs data was very strong overnight, for example. And speaking of central banks, what will the Bank of Japan do today? The consensus seems to be that it's anyone's guess. It's Wednesday, the 18th of January. 2023. It's the morning call from NAB. Good morning. Well, after a day off, US stocks lost their momentum from last week and are largely down today. The Nasdaq is up 0.1%, but the S&P 500 down 0.2%, a 1.1% fall in the Dow, whereas in Europe, the Eurostox 50 is up 0.4%, although the FTSE 100 is down a little. Uh, Strong after-close earnings for United Airlines in the US, pushing up uh, shares higher on on after-hours trade. The US dollar is up a little, but that's not stopping the Aussie dollar, which is up 0.4% to 69.8 US cents, not quite hitting 70 US cents, which is what it did yesterday. And the euro is down 0.3%. The pound is up 0.7%. Bond yields moving sharply in Europe. 10-year gilts down 6. 10-year bunds down 9 basis points. French 10 years are down 10. Italy down 12. Whereas 10-year treasuries in the US are up 3 basis points, a little less for 2-year treasury yields. Uh, But they uh, almost 20 basis Basis points lower than they were at the start of the year. And oil quite a bit up this morning. Big rises late in the session, up 2.7% for Brent, which is now edging towards $87. You'd asked me an hour or so ago, I would have said WTI is down, but now it's up 1.6%. And Sky Masters, who joins me today from NAB in Sydney. So we're seeing earnings... Well, maybe responsible a bit for this dip in equities, although, as I say, they have recovered a bit. Goldman Sachs reporting a lower than expected net revenue in Q4. So maybe there's a bit of pessimism around that we're going to see the same thing from others. Although, generally speaking, uh, the results haven't been too bad, have they? And then, uh, you know, we then we had the New York Empire Manufacturing Index, which was a bit of a surprise on the downside. Minus 32.9 from minus 11.2 last time. So uh, not entirely encouraging. Encouraging news coming from the United States, but a bit of a different picture from Europe. Morning, Phil. Yeah, a bit of a a mixed uh, session overnight for for markets. Um, On the equity front, you know, Morgan Stanley provided positive surprise. So it wasn't all negative news on on the earnings front in the US. Um, But if I take a step back and just look at price action over the night as a whole, it did start off more positively uh, in, in Europe. The ZEW survey moved into positive territory the first time since the Ukraine war began um, last year. And, um, it, you know, it's been supported by more favourable outlook for energy, for the energy market and also the, the government's energy price break. So that was sort of a positive start to the session. And then you obviously that was followed by the um, better than expected UK uh, wages numbers so yeah, yields yields were actually heading higher um, to start to start the session but that all retraced following the US Empire manufacturing mm. report um, and then a Bloomberg report on the ECB which we might discuss later well no let's do it now no time like the present because Bloomberg basically said that the ECB they expect that they will lift rates by 50 basis points this month but then there will be slower hikes after that so that is so they are you know the rate and the end game perhaps as well it's going to be less than Christine Lagarde suggested last month so that is presumably what, what what's been pushing yields lower 
Yes, so you saw a, a, a sort of um, big reaction, a reasonable reaction um, in Bunz to to the release of that Bloomberg story. Uh, and, yeah, that just supported, I guess, the sentiment that you saw in in US Treasuries as well. So they just continued to extend, extend their rally. Uh, so... No surprise, I guess, the Bloomberg story. Um, you know, this is this is sort of, I guess, the theme that we're that's developing as we head into 2023. Is um, you know, central banks continuing to ease the pace of tightening uh, as we get closer to to terminal terminal rates. And I guess this is what's going to create the bit of volatility around incoming data um, as as Mark or investors try to navigate. You know, when when are central banks going to um, mm. pivot to a slower tightening and then and then pause. Um, and yeah. the data today is still quite mixed, I think. Yeah. And, and you know, reading whether it, good news is bad news or, 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 or not. So, I mean, you mentioned how it was good news that uh, the labour market data uh, came out strong for, for the UK. So 27,000 new jobs in October, the expectation was just 5,000. But I mean, that just means it's a tighter labour market, doesn't it? And in amongst that report was average hourly earnings actually up six to six point four percent from six point two percent last time. So, and there's lots of strikes trying to push that price even higher. So, uh, you know, that it, we're, we're going to get UK CPI later on today. But it seems like a fifty basis point hike from the Bank of England is, is almost certain because inflation is taking a lot to tame over there at the moment. Yes, so uh, you know it, it's it's the challenge for central banks um, into two thousand twenty three is is you know some softening activity data. I mean that's particularly what we're seeing in in the US, but in some instances um, like the UK, we've seen on the wages front, like New Zealand yesterday in mm. in their survey where inflation um, remains high. This is the challenge for central banks in in terms of what do they do. Um, if inflation doesn't actually come off as quickly as as expected. Yeah, well, and actually on New Zealand, I mean, the difference between Australia and New Zealand is quite staggering, isn't it? So we had the Westpac Consumer Confidence number yesterday, a a big leap up from uh, a very low 80.3 to 84.3. We shouldn't get too excited because if it's below 100, then that's more negative than positive, but at least it's heading in the right direction. But yeah, those figures from New Zealand, the quarterly survey of business opinions, the, the NZIER survey, a big drop in business sentiment, less business activity, actually near 50-year lows, and sort of this expectation that they are heading for a sort of uh, global financial crisis-style recession over yeah, there. Yeah, I mean, I guess the two things. One, we're talking about business sentiment in New Zealand, and the Westpac um, report was consumer confidence. Uh, so, you know, and I think yeah. this is a dynamic. This is something that I'm sort of – it's tweaked my attention to start the year is, is you know, you're seeing a bit of a pickup in consumer Confidence. Um, you know, you've seen it with the Westpac survey yesterday. You saw it with the US um, consumer survey last week. You've seen it with the German ZEW investor survey. Um, confidence on the consumer investor front is is starting to pick up, still at very low levels, but business confidence remains very weak. And you saw that in the New Zealand survey. You've seen that in the US Empire Manufacturing survey. So there's a bit of that divergence continuing to happen um but definitely in in new zealand um you know very a very weak um print in terms of sentiment um but you know the the 
inflation indicators remain high and you know reading what our bnz colleagues are, are looking at how they're looking at this report um you know it's whether you look at um the actuals or the leading indicators when you're trying to work out what the bnz might do um and uh my new zealand colleagues are, are looking at the leading indicators whereas they're not sure whether the rbnz will continue to look at actual um, when they're considering their um, hmm. sort of moves on on cash rates, which which would mean they could go too far, then wouldn't it? If, I mean, if you if you're looking at more lagging indicators, but anyway, that's a discussion yes, for another definitely. day. Let's let, let's let's look at China because uh, could this be why the Aussie dollar's doing well today? And because the Aussie dollar's up, even though the US dollar is up, we had uh, better than anticipated uh, numbers. So we saw a two point nine percent lift in GDP year on year for Q four. Industrial production up one point three percent. That was better than expected. The same for fixed asset investment, which has grown five point one percent year on year. Okay, retail sales was down, but nowhere near as much as expected. The unemployment rate has fallen down to 5.5%. So basically, wait a second, I was going to say it's good news, but it's, it's not as bad as expected news anyway. None of it's particularly good news, but uh, better than expected. Yes. Uh, I mean, it was better than expected. I, I think, I mean, old news, given that the market's now very much focused on on the reopening of, of China. Next? Um, yeah. But, you know, at, at the margin, um Positive. I think what got more attention um, on the Chinese news yesterday was their their population yes. statistics falling um, for the showed- first time in six decades. They need to do what Peter Costello told us to do, you know, which was to have three kids, you know, one for mum, one for dad, and one for the country, uh, you know, baby. Because I mean, they do have the problem. <laughs> That's going to take a very long time. To make <laughs> it was a long time to work through, but they do have the problem, you know, like Japan, for example, an aging population, a dwindling population as well, which is going to impinge on on long term growth. So I'm not quite sure how they fix that in the short term. Yeah. So you know, I I mean, maybe at the margin that data supported the Aussie dollar, but I think more broadly, you know, there's the theme of um, you know weaker US dollar Aussie consumer sentiment was mm. positive, um, so that's you know supportive of of the um, of the Australian sort of outlook for the Australian economy. Um, so I think they're probably they're the factors more underpinning the the Aussie than the Chinese data. Right, and the uh, we've talked about this perhaps too much over the last couple of days. The trials and tribulations of the Bank of Japan later today, trying to keep their yield curve under control. Uh, I mean, the one thing we've learned over the last couple of days on this podcast is that nobody's entirely sure what they'll do. Will they abandon their yield curve control or will they just buy heap more bonds and hope that that's going to work? Who knows? Seems to be the answer to that. Yeah. I mean, you you, you did sort of talk a lot about it with Ray yesterday, but, um, you know, I I think it is. I mean, they could do anything. Um, No no one... Mm. No one really knows. I think most economists are going into today believing that they won't do anything, but the market is certainly nervous and jittery about it. Um, you know, and, and mm. you've got reports that you know they're buying um, yesterday to was a record buying um, since YCC began. Um, so wow. you know, and and at this pace, if they have to continue at this pace, then I think Ray pointed out that they could earn the whole market by the end of July. Uh, so, you know, but, but my view is, is I think the market, you know, what's going on at the moment is, of course, the market's pushing the yield above 50 because there's this fear that maybe they're going to raise the, the target level again today. So why would you not be doing mm. that? So, you know, I, I think 
for my for my two cents on this is um, I think they have to they either have to give confidence to the market that they're sticking to the fifty, um, and that that'll um, ease market concerns. And I don't think one month between the last meeting and this meeting is, is enough um, for them to say our oh, market dysfunction. Um, you know, isn't there anymore, so they need to give it more time, yeah. or yeah. they just get rid of it. Right. Well, we'll we'll see, won't we, later on uh-uh. uh, today. U.S. retail sales also out later today. Will it take a hit? Well, it did in November, so we'll get a, a gauge on, uh, you know, the strength of the U.S. economy. U.K. CPI, will it come down from uh, 10.7% year-on-year last time? U.S. producer prices, industrial production, the NAHB housing market index, so there's lots happening uh, in the US particularly tonight to, for us to keep an eye yes, on. Yes, there is. There is. So, you know, I, I think a lot more um, noise, a lot more sort of, um, you know, data out there to create volatility. But I guess the, the, the big thing will really be the BOJ today. That, that'll that start us off. Um, but, you know, the interesting thing for me is mm. when I look at, look at bond yields, you know, US 10s are still sort of tracking around that sort of 350, 350 level um, they seem to be um, unable to sort of sustainably break below that level as as yet. So we'll see what the data the data prints. But um, just what I would say is, as I think that you know we've started the year with markets or data now sort of suggesting more of a soft landing than a hard landing. Um, if that's the case, then you know is market pricing of Fed rate cuts next year really um, correct? Is that really going to happen? Um, so when I look at bonds, yeah. for me, that's what I'm looking at in terms of, well, if we start to to push out that rate cut story, then that puts upward pressure um, on 10-year yields. Yeah. All right. We'll see which way they do go. Good to talk. Uh, we'll catch you again soon, Sky. Thanks for joining us this morning. Thanks, Phil. You'll be pleased to know, by the way, Peter Costello wasn't being hypocritical when he said we should all have three kids because he was one of three kids and he had three kids himself. So he was the prototype for the repopulation of China, perhaps. That's it for today. I'm Phil Dobby for NAB. Back again tomorrow morning. I'll see you then.